How can I know God is real? What does the Bible say about politics? Why does a good God allow suffering? If you have questions about faith, life or culture, don't be afraid to ask. This This is Ask with David Dean. G'day everyone, Dave Dean here. And our question for the week is, what exactly is faith? At its most general, faith is a word we use to reference a particular kind of way people relate to one another, to things or to concepts. Zooming in a little, the English word faith derives from the Latin fides, which means something like trust. And in that sense, we might say that faith is a universal human experience in as much as it is a relational concept and we humans are relational beings. But in contemporary usage, the word faith has come to collect so many connotations in all manner of contexts that there really is quite a bit of confusion out there as to what exactly is faith. I mean, we talk about having faith in our loving spouse. We talk about having faith in qualified doctors and airline pilots. The religious will tell us that we're saved by faith, while religious critics will tell us, well, in the words of one author, quote, faith is pretending to believe in things you don't know, end quote. Faith is a verb, it's a noun, it's an adjective, it is complex. So I welcome this question, what exactly is faith? It's not clear to me how many of us today would recognize biblical denotions of faith. So what I want to do here is be really selective and zero in, not simply on the idea of faith generally, not even the idea of religious faith, but specifically of the nature of Christian faith as revealed in the biblical use of the term. This, I believe, is a necessary preliminary to any formal exposition we may want to do later on on the doctrine of saving faith, which I will touch on at the end. So with that, I want to touch on at least three different ways the Bible denotes faith before then making a final comment on what then constitutes saving faith. First, faith is used as a verb in the sense of trusting and believing. When we look at the use of the word faith in the Bible, we see that the New Testament advances far beyond the old as it concerns this concept in such a way that it builds upon the top of what the Old Testament already has to say. By far the most common use of the word is as an act of belief or the state of believing someone or something to be true, authentic, real, and worthy. This is the sense in which we find the word faith in the majority of cases in the New Testament. For example, when asked what must we do to do the work God requires, Jesus answered in John 6, the work of God is this, to believe, to have faith in the one he has sent. Or towards the end of his gospel, John writes, quote, these things have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing in his name, you may have life, John 20, 31. Or in the words of Paul, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, Romans 10, 9. Now notice in each of these examples, how faith is understood in the sense of trusting and believing, but in a way that just doesn't fit the mold of many religious critics today. You know, it's sometimes said that faith is the antithesis or opposition of reason. If you have faith, then you have it in the place of reason, or if you're reasonable, you are so because you're not faithful. Even Christian thinkers have fed into this idea with sentiments like, reason only takes you so far, then you need to continue the journey in or by a step of faith. Well, this concept of faith in place of reason, it's not biblical. You won't find faith denoted in any such sense from Genesis through Revelation. I mean, take that statement in John 20, 31 as an example. John gets to the end of his gospel and he says, I've written all of these things that you may believe. So you have a whole gospel of reasons to now respond to by this act of belief. You see, faith in this sense of trusting and believing is based on knowledge grounded in evidence. It's not really a way of knowing. It's a response to what we know. 
It is a way of trusting someone or something, trusting that which we have reason to believe is true. And in the context of the New Testament, that object is God. It's Christ. It's his revealed word, the gospel, his truth, his promises. So having faith in this active sense, it signifies commitment, following conviction in God, his person, his word and deed. Second use of the word faith in the New Testament is as a noun in the sense of the contents of Christian belief. We read, for example, in Jude 3 of, quote, the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. Or in Romans 1, 5, Paul writes of an obedience that comes from faith for his Jesus name's sake. Or again in 1 Timothy 4, 1, Paul speaks of faith as something that we can abandon, that people have walked away from. Now, this sense of faith denotes the body of truths believed by Christians. And from about the second century on, it's been referred to by the Latin phrase regular fide, or rule of faith, playing an obvious role in what has come to historically be known as orthodox or heterodox beliefs. And perhaps hard to disassociate from this sense is the use of the word uh, faith as a name or a proper noun for Christianity itself. I mean, faith is so vital to Christianity that sometimes Christianity isn't even called a religion, but the faith. We see, for example, in Galatians 3.23, where Paul says, Before faith came, we were held captive under the law, but now faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. A third sense of faith in the New Testament is as an adjective in the sense of being faithful. This sense is borne out in passages which speak of human faithfulness, such as Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And also in other passages, such as Romans 3.3, which speak of God's faithfulness. What if someone were unfaithful? Will their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? Incidentally, this question by Paul in Romans 3 is answered by another passage of Paul in 2 Timothy 2.13, where he writes, If we are faithless, he, God, remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. This third sense of faith or faithfulness It's really stressed at length in the Old Testament, particularly in the Psalms, but also in the later prophets and earlier Pentateuch. For example, Deuteronomy 7, 9 reads, quote, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, end quote. So this sense then really brings out the idea of faith or faithfulness in the sense of describing or characterizing the relationships Christians have towards God and God has towards people. It conveys this idea of firmness, of stability, of truth and covenantal grounding like a marriage. So pulling these threads together then, we have these three senses in which faith are denoted in the Bible as an act of trusting and believing as the contents of that belief and as the covenantal foundation of that belief. There are a few minority cases where faith is also used in reference to an attitude or expectation, especially during the time of Jesus' ministry on earth when he was doing miracles. Uh, And it's also used to describe special gifts given to certain believers to edify the church, such as those mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, 9. But taken together, we come now to see the significance of how these ideas all funnel into what is meant by, quote, saving faith. Negatively stated, faith is not merely a rational act. It is not only the belief that something is the case. I mean, one of the very first pronouncements of who Jesus is was given in the Gospels by demons who declared him to be the son of the Most High. Belief that Jesus is who he says he is, God, Lord and Saviour, That, I mean, obviously that's necessary for salvation, but it's not sufficient any more than merely believing that my wife is who she says she is makes her my wife. 
My belief that she would make a good wife needs to be acted upon by a belief in her. You see, faith involves intellectual assent, of course. It involves reason, of course, but it is no less than these. It is more. It is totalizing. It is giving and receiving. It is relational. And in this way, faith comes to hallmark the life of the Christian as the faithful, as beings created in the image of God, made to know him and enjoy him. What must I do to be saved? The trembling jailer cried. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, was Paul's reply. Yet this belief itself is not meritorious. We don't act faithfully to be saved. 1 Corinthians 12, 3, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, saving faith, faith which yields eternal life for believers in the forgiveness of sins, is principally a work of God in us. And there is a rub here. There is a paradox. There is a tension, to be sure. It's one summed succinctly in Mark 9, 24, the words of the boy's father who exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. You see, friends, we need to place our faith in Jesus, but we can only do so because God has been faithful to us in sending Jesus, the light of the world, that we may believe in him. He has been revealed that we may in turn believe and that by believing in his name, we will have eternal life. The mistake of religious critics who mock faith as an inadequate way of knowing is that they have a small unbiblical view of faith. When Paul writes, we live by faith, not by sight, he's not making a statement of how believers are to think. He's making a statement of how we are to live, which is no less than our thinking. It's so much more. As God pledges consistent fidelity to his promises, as he pledges a lasting relationship, a secure relationship, so you and I are invited, indeed called, to commit our lives to him with a commensurate faithfulness, looking unto him, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Saving faith is not faith in faith. How much or how little you have is not the point. That would make it all about us. The true object of saving faith is ultimately God himself in Jesus. And this faith does not make God real. On the contrary, it is the only appropriate response to a real God who has been made known to us. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Do you have a question about Christian beliefs, theology, doctrine, philosophy or culture? Don't be afraid to ask. Go to drcdean.com forward slash ask. That's Dean with an E. 